The First United Methodist Church is a church of open hearts, open minds, and open doors, seeking to help everyone come to know Jesus Christ, both in Altamont and around the world. Our worship services are at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and all are welcome in person after the COVID crisis, but now online at our YouTube channel, Altamont First UMC. You can also find the link on Facebook at our Facebook page, First United Methodist Church Altamont. We will begin worship shortly.
think that's good. Jerry. I welcome you to worship on this very dreary Lord's Day morning and on this Mother's Day. And I am so glad to be in worship with you today. This is First United Methodist Church in Altamont, and I'm Reverend Paige Campbell, your pastor. And we're so glad that you are here with us because we know that whether it's rainy or sunny, whether it's warm or cold, whenever we gather together, we experience the warmth of the Holy Spirit. And that's whether we are here in this space or we are watching at home, we know that the Spirit is with us. So I don't know what you've brought with you to worship today, cares, concerns, worries, things like that, but I invite you to take a few moments and lay all those things at Christ's feet and prepare your hearts for worship. Will you please stand in body or spirit and join with me in our call to worship? Welcome to worship today. Bring your joys and burdens to the Lord. Remember the wondrous deeds that God continues to perform in your life. Come, praise the Lord with all your heart and soul. Let our voices raise in the powerful of Amen. Let us continue our worship by singing God of Love and God of Power. It's number 578 in the United Methodist Hymnal. Peace to ask these gifts of thee. 
And let us join our spirits together. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for this opportunity to come together and worship you on this morning. This is a morning, Lord, where we recognize the women in our lives and their importance. And this is a morning, God, where we have come to know you and to experience you. So, Lord, thank you for this opportunity, for this place and space in which we can worship you, give you praise and thanksgiving, where we can confess our sins, and where we can be reminded of the new life that we have through Christ Jesus. We pray all of this and more in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's Mother's Day, so to those of you who are mothers, I say Happy Mother's Day. To those of you who have mothered others, I say Happy Mother's Day. On the internet this week, I was in a clergy uh, 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 post, and there's a lot of actual mixed feelings about Mother's Day because our relationships as mothers and with our mothers are often complicated. So I offer this to you, written by Amy Young, and perhaps this touches upon your experience. To those who gave birth this year to a child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or children who have left, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through test, driving tests, medical tests, and overall testings of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who are step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. 
and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember and celebrate you today. Amen. And as a thanksgiving for the women in our lives and the life of this church, I invite our younger people to come down, and they are going to share with you just a small token of our appreciation through the gift of a carnation. Go ahead and grab four out of there. make this quicker. Here you go. And here you go. And if you will give those to the ladies of our church and say thank you to them. I know for some of us, we look forward to Mother's Day. I do have other friends who won't come to church on Mother's Day because it reminds them of the loss of their own mother. But I pray that this is a time of love and a balm on your heart um, on this day. If you have extras, um, you can just bring them back up to me. Thank you. Hey, you guys can give me one. I qualify for you, right? <laughs> That's true. I already got. Oh. <laughs> I'll leave these here for now. I invite the children now to give me their attention and those of us who are young at heart uh, for some children's time. Good morning to those of you that are watching from home and those of you that are here. Now, how many of you like to drink? I call it pop but I think some of you call it soda. How many of you like a good soda? Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree, I like a good can of pop. I'm sorry, I can't lose that Chicago part of me. Uh, I like a good can of sugary soft drink as much as the rest of them. Now, if I gave you guys six, a whole six pack of soda to drink, and I want you to drink all of it right now, would that be a good idea? No. Okay, Jaden thinks it would be. Um, I think it would probably cause some pretty big belching, wouldn't it? But it would probably also cause quite a bit of a stomach ache. Now, if I were to give you all a big bag of your favorite kind of chip, what's your favorite kind of chip, Jaden? Doritos. Kendall, what's your favorite kind of chip? Sour cream and onion chips. If I gave you both a whole bag of your favorite chips and I told you to eat them right now, the whole bag, would that be a good idea? Yes. Okay, we have some yeses here. Darn it, but my examples are just not working out. <laughs> I think if we ate an entire bag of potato chips, the first chip or Doritos, the first chip would be really good, the second chip would be really good, the third chip would be a little less good, and then by the time we got to the bottom of the bag, when we have all the crumbles, we probably aren't enjoying it as much. And I imagine our bellies are pretty, pretty full. Yes, so think about the rules of healthy eating. Are we supposed to eat a whole bag of potato chips? No. Some, but not all. 
Are we supposed to drink six cans of pop at one time? No, maybe only one. Growing up in my house, my mom had a rule. We were allowed to have one pop a day. We we're only allowed to have two cookies a day. We are allowed to have a handful of potato chips. Now, why do you think my mom had that rule for us? She wanted us to stay healthy, and she knew that if I had my choice, I would eat 10 Oreos at one time. And that would just not be a good thing. Because as much as I love Oreos to this day, I know that too many Oreos are not good. A few is fine. Too many, not so much. So why am I asking you about Oreos, potato chips, and pop? Okay, because sometimes we can go too far with our eating and our drinking. But let me ask you a question. Can we go too far? Can we have too much of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Can we have too much of any of those things? Let me say them for you one more time. We learned them last summer, but we've all slept since then. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. No, the Bible says there's no law against these things. And so there is no way that we can show too much love. There is no way that we can show too much generosity. And there's no way that we can show too much of any of those things. In fact, when we show those things, we're actually showing Jesus to the world. When we show those things and we share love, joy, peace, patience, um, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, when we show those things, we are showing Jesus to the world. And we cannot have too much of that. You cannot show too much kindness. You cannot show too much patience. You cannot show too much peace. Now, there are things that we can overdo, like the Oreos, the Coke, and the potato chips, but there is no way that we can overdo the things that we call the fruit of the Spirit, love, kindness, and gentleness, because those are the good fruits of the Spirit that Christ wants us to show. Let's pray. God, help us to remember that when it comes to showing your love, to showing your care, we can't overdo it. We can't love our neighbor too much. We can't show kindness too much. We just can't do any of that too much. In fact, those are the things that you want us to do as a way of showing how much you love us and how much then we love you. Help us to remember that on the playground, in the classroom, and at home. Amen. We worship with our songs, with our prayers, and then we also worship with our giving. So I invite our ushers to come forward to collect our morning tithes and offerings. And remind those of you at home and those of you here that you can give online. You can go to bit.ly slash give the number two AFUMC or mail your giving to the church.
Please be seated. As we share in our joys and our concerns, our time of prayer, we want to wish Kendall Schultz a happy 18th birthday. And we would like to share in the joy of Teacher of the Month, Carrie Schultz. And we want to remember, of course, all those who are listed on, in our worship bulletin to keep them in our prayers. I also ask for um, uh, more prayers, if you will, for our bishop, Bishop Frank Beard. He is going to be going on a leave of absence, a medical leave of absence, starting in July, because he has glaucoma and he has lost a significant amount of sight. And so this leave of absence is going to allow him to go and seek some additional medical care to help him with that. So if you will please pray for uh, Bishop Beard and his wife, Melissa, as they um, seek to, to treat his eye issues. And then for the other leadership of our conference as they look to kind of fill in while he is gone. Good man that he is, though. He's not going until after annual conference. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, yes. So we remember the seniors, too, at Altamont High School who are celebrating the baccalaureate tonight. Be with them in that time as well. I invite you all now into a few moments of personal prayer time. With humble hearts, we come before you, God, in this time, with many prayers upon our hearts, many worries upon our hearts, and many joys. Again, Lord, we thank you for the women in our lives who have helped us, who have raised us, who have loved us. And Lord, in those places where there might be division or pain in those mother relationships that are not so happy. Lord, we pray for reconciliation and healing and understanding. Lord God, we thank you for all the people that you've put in our lives who have helped point us to you 
to your love for us and how you are the ultimate parent for us, one who shows us unconditional love, one who forgives us for our mistakes, but also corrects us when we need to be made on the straight path again. Lord, help us to follow your straight path in all that we do and all that we say. Lord, we pray for our church, for its members, Lord, for those who are sick and in need of your healing, for those who are experiencing difficult times that they might find your presence and your peace. Lord, we pray as a congregation that your spirit will fill us up to the point of overflowing, God, so that we might share you with every person that we meet. God, we pray too for our community and for the needs that are there and for the darkness that is there as well. And we pray again, Lord, for shelter, for food, for safety, for healing, for love, and for grace. God, we pray for our world. Lord, there are many places that are just in the midst of chaos right now, and it's so painful to hear. Lord, we pray for India as they try to heal, literally, from COVID. And Lord, we pray that you will strengthen the healthcare workers and those who are caring for the sick, that you will give wisdom to the people so that they can help stop the spread of the disease. And God, we just pray your mercy, your mercy upon all. God, I pray for peace in Jerusalem where Jews and Muslims are facing off during the holy month of Ramadan. And Lord, we just pray that your light would shine through there, that you will calm, remove the hate, the misunderstanding, the history of abuse, and you will help them together to find a new way of peace. And Lord, we know there are other parts of the world where there is violence, where there is hatred, where there is division. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will move into those places for all of us, God. Help us to recognize our sins. Lord, forgive us for our sins and help us make a new path through the love and sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ. God, we pray all of this and more in Christ's holy name. And now we join our voices together to pray to you, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us sing together, Spirit of the Living God.
can continue to read from parts of Paul's letter to the church in Galatia. Today we will be reading from chapter 5. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. But through love, become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. May the Lord add a blessing to our hearing, reading, and understanding of the scripture this morning. We have been reading through Paul's letter to the church in Galatia, and basically his point is we don't have to follow the law of, the, of Judaism anymore. Instead, Jesus has come and he has fulfilled the law. And so our faith in Jesus means we don't have to try to follow the 613 rules that are in the Torah that we don't have to be circumcised, we don't have to eat food that is kosher, that we can eat with folks that aren't Jewish. Paul reminds us that when we tried to follow all those rules, all those laws, they just created a boundary, a barrier between us and God, that we became more consumed with following the rules than we were in following Christ. God, and that in Christ we do what is right because that's what we're to do, that it will come naturally for us, we hope, in our faith in Christ. We now have freedom from the law, as Paul says. Now, if we were to be following the Revised Common Lectionary, which is a three-year cycle of readings of the Scripture, this reading from Galatians happens to fall 
over the 4th of July time. And so talking about freedom during Independence Day, the 4th of July, makes a lot of sense because we understand on that holiday, we're reminded on that holiday of how important freedom is and the cost of freedom that we have here in this country. I mean, think of all that we have now that many other places in the world don't have. The freedom to gather, to worship God, the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, the right to have um, firearms, so many rights, the right to gather. These are freedoms we all have that don't exist in other places in the world. But like I was talking about with the kids, we also know that there can be too much freedom or there can be problems when we use our freedom in the wrong ways. And there can be problems, well, say when you let a toddler have free reign of your kitchen and you don't have childproof locks on your cabinets. What will happen then? All your pots and pans and bowls will be on the floor, right? What happens when we leave a puppy unattended in a room that happens to have furniture and newspaper? The furniture is going to be chewed, and so will the newspaper. I have a friend who had um, a Newfoundland, and when they would leave the Newfoundland, you know, Newfoundlands are huge dogs, right? Um, Bodie would eat the furniture. She had to get a concrete coffee table so that Bodie couldn't eat the coffee table anymore. That's too much freedom. But let's think about what happens when we, as humans, misuse the freedoms that we have. When we misuse the freedom of speech, it becomes slander. When we misuse the freedom to assemble, it can become a riot. When we misuse our freedom to have firearms, there can be violence. When we misuse the freedom of the press, again, things can be spread that is incorrect. Too much freedom sometimes. Freedom, well, wait a minute. If I say we need to put boundaries on our freedom, then are we still experiencing freedoms? Well, Paul would argue that it's not about limiting your freedoms, but understanding what spirit you bring to your freedoms. And he would say that when we bring the Holy Spirit with us in all that we do, then our freedom is assured to be a way of sharing the light of Christ. That if we take our freedoms and we use them in the spirit, then we can't go wrong. Now, in the scripture, he lists a lot of things that we can do too much of in freedom, just like I had said myself. I'm going to read to you now the bad stuff again, this time out of the message. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, 
all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, I could go on. Now, as Paul was listing all of these things, he was not creating a new law, a new rule, saying you can't do these things. He's saying, obviously, if you are in the Spirit, if you are following the Spirit, the love of Christ, you're not going to do these things. So this is a check for you. Are you doing any of these things? Do these apply to you? Because if you are, then you are not being guided by the Spirit. And unfortunately, I think we can relate to a lot of these within our culture and within ourselves. Grabs for happiness, trinket gods, the things that I must have, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants. I get what I want, but then suddenly I want something else. A brutal temper, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addiction. Paul could go on. He could go on for the people of Galatia, and he could go on for us, these are things that we can relate to. We understand what he's talking about. We have freedom through Christ. We have freedom as Americans. But we have to recognize how do we use our freedoms and who do we follow in our freedoms. Paul's not creating a new set of laws, but simply these examples. Because when we have the freedom to love, but we don't love with the Spirit, that's when there's fornication. When we have freedom to worship, but without the Spirit, that's when we have idolatry. When we have freedom to discuss, but we do it without the Spirit, we have quarrels. When we have the freedom to thrive, but we do it without the Spirit, then we have envy. We can have all these things in the Spirit, and when we do them in the Spirit, when we love, when we worship, when we talk, discuss, meet, think, when we do these things in the Spirit, then we have fruitfulness. That's when we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We have love. We see, as Paul said, we see that God has called us to love our neighbors. We have love. We see other people with the eyes of Christ, and we love them. We have joy. Even in the midst of difficult times, we understand the joy that God gives us. We have peace and patience. And boy, that can be really hard. We talk all the time about, you know, how we want things right away and how it doesn't come like that. 
So what attitude do we take into those situations? When we're in the fast food drive-in through lane, do we be patient with them or do we lose patience? What kind of spirit do we bring to the window as we give them our order or our money? And that's just a minor example. These things, these fruits of the Spirit will flow out of us. They will shine out of us. And what a difference that can make for ourselves and for the world. Christ has set us free, and Christ is the light of the world that we all reflect when we are saved by our faith in Christ. We reflect the light of Christ when we are led by the Spirit and we produce fruits that show our faith. We reflect the light of Christ like a mirror reflecting a candle. First slide, there is a candle, one candle in the darkness. But when you start to show, bring mirrors, the room fills up with light. When you have more mirrors and more candles, the room can look like this. This is at Yad Vashem, which is at the World Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem. This is the children's memorial. And in this room, there are only five candles. But because of the reflectors that they put in the room, it creates the light of over a million candles. In this space, reminding us of the 1.5 million children that were killed in the Holocaust. In my example, reminding us that when many of us show the light of Christ, when many of us act as the mirror of Christ's light for the world, then we can light up the room. So I'd like you to think about your freedoms and check your freedoms. How are you using the freedoms that you have through Christ? What do you say on social media or to someone to their face? Are your words led by the Spirit even if the person that you're interacting with has different opinions than you? Are you showing in that space and in that time love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control? Or are you not? What is it that you envy? Or who is it that you envy? Where and why do you have discord in your relationships? Not only where do you have, but why do you have what makes you angry and why does it make you angry? Are we being led by the Spirit when we do these things or when we feel these things? Paul is reminding us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us if we are led by the Spirit. If we follow the light of Christ and then become a reflection of Christ's light in the world. So check yourself. Check your freedoms. And if you need to make adjustments, changes, then do it. See, the wonders of our faith in Christ is when we recognize that we've made a mistake, when we recognize that we've sinned, when we bring it to Christ, we're forgiven. 
Christ says, okay, let's try again. Do it differently next time. And we can. The slate is wiped clean. Sure, we might need to make amends if we have hurt someone, but when we do that, the Spirit goes with us as well. What are your fruits? What light are you sharing? How can you be a better light for Christ in our deep, dark world? Let us pray. God, our world is dark, and we need the light of Christ so desperately. We need it in our own lives, in our own dark places, and the world needs it as well. So, Lord, help us to take Christ's love and light for ourselves, and then, Lord, help us to reflect that, show that, live that in the world. Lord, help correct us in those places that we need correction. Help us to think twice in the things that we do, and help us to ask ourselves, are we following the Spirit, your Spirit, in our words and in our deeds? Gracious Lord, I pray that we do. Help us too. Amen. As we come to our time for news to share, if you've been paying attention to the news, you'll, you know that the governor has announced that we will be moving into phase 4.5, <laughs> the bridge phase. And one of the things that that will mean for us is that our worship attendance can increase. And what that will also mean for us is that we will be taking off um, the restriction on the pews. We will still be wearing our masks until we reach phase five. Um, so uh, I just wanted to let you know that that is coming up and that I will be sending out an email and in the newsletter there will be more information about what that will look for us specifically. And then we will wait for the governor to announce when we're in phase five. And at that point, well, then I'll share with you what that means for us as well. One of the things I want you to know is you are always welcome to wear a mask if you choose to. And there is nothing wrong with that. I understand a lot of us, you know, care about you know, have concerns about our own health, and that is completely legitimate. And so I just want you to know, there's no shaming either way. So the second news that I have to share with you is our dear Jerry has already retired once, but she is going to be retiring to Colorado soon. So as a thank you again for all that you have done for us, I just have a small gift for you from our church family. You're welcome. Okay, I won't fall. There you go. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for blessing us with your gifts and being so willing to share them. <laughs> so let us prepare to go out into the world by singing our closing hymn, number 465, this is Holy Spirit, Truth Divine. Please stand in body or spirit.
again, happy Mother's Day to our mothers. Go out with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who will lead you and guide you into the world to share with the world the light of Christ. Amen.